Welcome back to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmy Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts. Today we're talking with Susan B. Martinez, who wrote the book, The Psychic Life of Abraham Lincoln. On page 36, here's a quote. Eccentric and incongruous, Abraham Lincoln was a curious compound of genius and simplicity, stern yet tender, melancholy yet playful, there is moral law, yet there is also compassion, steel, and velvet. Boy, what a combination. <laughs> wow. Um, Nettie Colburn Maynard, here's some of the, her, just a few of her predictions. She could pinpoint exactly military situations for uh, Lincoln to help govern the Union troops. I mean... You know, he just throws out a map and says, what's going on here? And she could tell him what's going on with the troops and what's the wiser moves to make. She could also pick out spies by name who were spies. And at one time, one of the businesses or whatever was infiltrated, and she picked out 60 of them by name. I mean, by name, I like. That's amazing. And then, 19 or 1861... Right when the war just began, Fort Sumter had fallen. Um, they were asking, how long is this little skirmish? Uh, Albany, New York, I think it was. They were asking her, how long is this skirmish going to take uh, take place? And, you know, she's just a girl. And she says it's going to be four years and, and five, basically, to have the thing cleaned up. And that's exactly what it was. But no one thought the thing was going to go beyond several months. So that was all amazing stuff, and she seemed to have been accurate all that time. And just one more thing on psychics along that kind of level. In London, how they found Jack the Ripper, the notorious criminal, was through a psychic. That was Lee. Uh, that was one of Queen uh, Victoria's psychics. James Lee. Yes. Lee's, I think. Uh, it is with an S at the end. Uh, but, uh, from what I've seen, that is an unsolved case. Jack the uh, Ripper? It, yeah, they, people keep claiming to have solved it, but it, I believe it's, uh, officially an unsolved case. I see. Did he stop at some time? I mean, did that finish out? Yes, 1888. And did they get somebody or not? They didn't. Ah. <laughs> but my comment on Nettie is that uh, she made all these predictions and produced all of these messages while fully entranced. Yes. Yeah, she was not at all conscious. Then she'd wake up. You know, that's the word that uh, mediums who go totally in trance use, and then they wake up. That's right. It's like... And they, she wake up, and she'd have to have uh, someone else who was present afterwards tell her what happened and what was revealed. Yes. My uh, former wife was a pretty remarkable trance channel, and, you know, she would be out, not conscious, and, and doing remarkable things, and then she would come back in and be her old self again. Yes, I think that's an important aspect of the uh, prediction and stuff like that to realize that uh, uh, these people 
have gone into an altered state of consciousness. Right. Uh, they're, they're, they're no longer on the earth plane of consciousness. Their uh, spirit, their intelligence is in rapport with immortal intelligence. So, so, so another force has come through another being uh, to speak through them. A higher being of light is coming through to speak. Uh, ideally. Ideally, that's right. <laughs> is that yeah. right? Right, that is very right, especially the ideally. <laughs> that is right. <laughs> you got to make sure of that, I'll tell you. Uh, because uh, I've been having some dialogue lately with uh, people, uh, other faiths. I'm a faithist. It's a, it's a form of spiritualism. Yeah. Uh, I've been having some dialogue lately about messages from immortals and the position I was kind of forced to take, but it really was my position, is that um, most of what we get is not of a high level. It's true. Yeah, 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 we see it all the time, and although the ones that are doing it that will usually say they're incredible themselves, but <laughs> it's usually pretty shabby. <laughs> Those are the ones you, yeah, the ones that proclaim how great they are usually the ones you want to stay away from. And um, the um, gentleman who I mentioned before, Mike Tim, who's in Kailua, mm-hmm. uh, he's very involved. He's an uh, editor in, in the paranormal field. We also had a dialogue, and uh, he, the question that he put out was, why was there so much more uh, intense and vibrant uh, clairvoyance in the 19th century, and why did it kind of slip away in the 20th and 21st century, and we were back and forth on that subject for a while, but the idea that I suggested, and this goes back to what I said about Nettie yeah. having the, the typhus, was uh, there was a, so much uh, debilitating fevers in ah. the 19th century that we ah. had not that we had not yet conquered. Yes, and um, so many were stricken, particularly in childhood, and uh, the. Uh, coma state, the high fever state, uh, very typically open up the uh, psychic door. That's right. The psychic window. And I think that's a big part of why it was um, so intense at that time. There's there's another aspect to it, but I think that partly explains it. Uh, something people don't tend to realize is that uh, clairvoyance usually, not always, but usually arises from a... A morbid state. A what state? Morbid. Uh, mor- morbid fever, coma, oh, I see. Yeah. unconsciousness, I see. Yes. particularly head injury. You know, it can also rise from intense caring or purpose, but I don't think as often. In my case, it came out of deep compassion, and the compassion simply needed more tools to help people, and so it... Oh. finally blossomed into uh, many levels of psychicness. Oh, well, that's true. Uh, I I didn't mean to leave that out because this is a seed that we all have. Yes. And we can 
we have a choice to develop it or not develop it. Yes. Right. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts. Uh, don't forget to catch us Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. Our guest today, Susan B. Martinez, author of The Psychic Life of Abraham Lincoln. You know, along the same lines, Susan, I think there's more near-death experiences now than before because modern medical technology is bringing people back to life more. Resuscitation. Exactly. That's just about the biggest topic in uh, paranormal journals these days. Yes. Because uh, for the past couple of decades, there's been so much dying and coming back. Yes. Thanks to medical science. Exactly. So it seems each era has its own way of, of bringing out the truth of the spirit world. Uh, I have heard that 75% of near-death experiencers become spiritualists. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, they're already got a jump start in connecting with the other side. That's right. And, and then profoundly believing in it because the, the their lives barrier. were rescued. That's right. Rescued from bliss, huh? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I've been involved in many, many, many exorcisms this lifetime. And um, uh, there was some uh, pretty profound exorcisms back then that you mentioned in your book. You want to speak on a little bit of that? Um, You would have to refresh my memory. Oh, <laughs> um, well, you know, they were talking about the levitating, uh, you'd have a table levitating, you'd have hands appear, you'd have uh, people, uh, uh, many times, uh, some of these greater clairvoyance people would come in, no question was asked, and they would answer the unasked questions. Yes. So, as well as the exorcisms of people that were like sort of deranged or whatnot, and then the the uh, spirit that wasn't them was cast out, and then they would just be normal. And a lot of times, their diseases were straightened out. Um, I don't I don't uh, offhand remember which parts of the book had that, but uh, exorcism, which uh, is uh, in England, it's called uh, uh, spirit release. Is a topic of uh, terrific interest for me yes. right now, because I feel that's the next step. We have something of a dead end in uh, the psychotherapies. Um, yeah, it's like we have to take the next step and see what's involved there in obsessions. Uh, in any number of uh, mental disorders that standard Freudian psychology has not been able to uh, get to. Right. Are you familiar with the work of Dr. Wickland? Uh, Carl Wickland? Uh, no, but <laughs> I've done many thousands of sessions. I'm a healer in, in all kinds of situations like this. And well, uh, w- one of my initiations way back in the 70s was uh, for a year and a half, I had entities on me all the time. And being being a masseur, that was just miserable. I had to make sure they wouldn't go on the person I was working on while I was helping them out. But it was one of my initiations to, you know, go through all kinds of entities and 
learn how to send them to the light, learn how to talk to them. And as I have evolved, I found out like what you're saying that uh, some of these people in the uh, uh, psych ward or, or mental hospitals, they do have entity possession. What I have found out, Charmaine and I recently, and, and others, of course, is um, a lot of this is a part of our ego uh, of a past life that is not, or a soul pattern that is still stuck in a way and it keeps interfering, uh, comes up subconsciously and keeps interfering off and on in this lifetime. Well, the thing is that uh, the spirits that we attract are always of the same character as ourselves. It's just a, a, a magnetic principle, practically. So, uh, uh, if 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 I'm an inventor and I'm trying to break through in a certain area, I will attract the spirits who have those same interests and experience. If I'm a, a thief, a drunk, and a thief, I'll attract that. Right. Um, so if it, I believe it works along those lines of uh, like unto like. That's, I think that's an immortal principle. Right. Well, generally, that's the case. In my case, I was arrogantly trying to save the world, and so I had my heart open to everyone and say, I'll help anyone. And so my guides released everyone <laughs> and say, okay, maybe you need to get over this foolishness and open your hearts to where it's appropriate and protect yourself and not cast pearls before swine when when they're just going to misuse it. They're not ready for the blessing yet. So I, I had to learn that, and it took me a while, maybe a slow learner kind of thing. <laughs> I so, was thinking it probably took your whole life to uh, work that out uh, because people who are open, who have that psychic window open, are just that open to maybe unwelcome things as well um i've got a interesting statistic the the three three professions that have the highest suicide rate <laughs> this ought to be are, good. are psychiatrists dentists and cops hmm. and those three are the most exposed to people's pain and uh, the the spirits that are with them. You're right. I, I don't know how else you can explain that interesting statistic. Maybe dentists is because the price of charging. <laughs> 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 but you know, you're, you're right. Uh, um, there there must be something to that because you know I noticed in some of my teeth problem. Uh, there's a consciousness behind the tooth problem. You take care of the consciousness and the tooth starts getting well again. And the dentist is dealing with a lot of those problems sort of exploding in the teeth or, you know, getting all messed up in the teeth and they have to deal with that. And, and I guess those vibes are wide open to them, huh? Yes. Uh, the uh, This is how, uh, you know, shock therapy originated with uh, this Dr. Wickland, who I referred to before, used yep. a mild shock because uh, spirits can't stand that. Yes, it might be a mild shock to us, but it's it's a jolt right. to yes. the spirit. So it drives the spirit out. But then where does it go? So it goes to the dentist, or it goes to the psychiatrist, or it goes to the cop. Hmm. And <laughs> wow, uh, it's kind of. 
You know, we, we used to take, when we had an entity that would try to attach to us, we would take really cold showers and that would oftentimes finish the job or, oh. or clang bells or bowls, you know, Tibetan bowls and bells and like you say, you know, that loud noise would shock them out. Uh, yes, and people who are doing the most advanced work in this area are, uh, working, you know, you know what rescue work is. Sure, yes. You know, where the most advanced work is, is not only considering getting rid of a, a spirit, but guiding that spirit to to where it hasn't been able to go without some help. To their light or ancestors, if they will. Some of them don't want to go, but if they will, and most of them will, how to get them there. We need to take a break. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmy Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts. Our guest today, Susan B. Martinez, author of The Psychic Life of Abraham Lincoln, of which we have way more. Thanks for being with us today, and hold on. We'll be right back. <laughs> 